0: Dear church family, today we'll be considering those profound words in that proverb, Proverbs fifteen thirty-three, And in particular, we'll be looking at the second half of that proverb, before honour is humility. Before honour is humility. That will be our sermon's text for today's sermon. And so, with this in mind, dear friends, please allow me first to speak to any of those who perhaps are amongst us today or who will come to listen to today's sermon online who yet really are not yet converted, are still really living away from God in sin. And secondly, let today's sacred text also be a reminder, really, of the beautiful Christian grace. Of humility. And so firstly, to any amongst us today who are still really living away from God in trespasses and sins, we read earlier in 2 Kings 8 of a very ambitious man called Hazahil, who, as per our reading, was the second in charge in Syria under King Benadad And so one could call him the prime minister, as it were. He was the second in charge. And as we know, the king of Syria, Benadad, became sick. And he, of course, heard of Elijah's coming to Damascus. And of course, they had their their history between each each other, didn't they? Uh, And Benadad knew Elijah to be God's mouthpiece, as it were, God's messenger. And uh, he heard that Elijah was coming to Damascus. And the king sent Hazael, remember, his second in charge, to treat Elijah with a very, very extravagant gift with all these camels. And to inquire from the man of God, God's messenger, really whether he would recover from this disease, whether this illness that he had was terminal, or not? And the answer Elijah gave Hazael uh, on behalf of the king was, like I said, it was a bitter, sweet uh, answer, wasn't it? Recorded in verse 10 of uh, 2 Kings 8, where Elijah said unto him, Go and say unto him, that is, go and say unto the king, Benedad, thou mayest certainly recover. In other words, you're on the road to recovery. You're going to recover from this disease, as it were. But here's the bitter part of it. Howbeit, the Lord has shown me that he shall surely die. Well, what bittersweet news is this? You're going to recover from this disease. But really, you're going to die another way. And after Hazael heard these words from Elijah, we are told, aren't we, in verse eleven, that Elijah settled his countenance steadfastly until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. The man of God wept. Well, why did he do this? Well, he knew, didn't he? He knew what this man Hazael would do to the children. Of Israel, He knew really in front of him was standing a mass murderer, really. And Elijah knew something that Hazahel did not know about his own heart, did he? And hence why Hazahel says to Elijah in verse 12, it, Hazahel says, why have you been my Lord? This comes as a surprise to Hazahel. Elijah answered him in verse 12, Because I know. The evil that thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Their strongholds wilt thou slay with a sword, and will dash their children, and rip up their women with child. A very graphic, of course, part of Scripture. But it's a very honest part of Scripture, isn't it? It tells us of the great wickedness that lies in the heart of men. And we even think about what's going on in our day in Ukraine with how President Putin and the great wickedness that's going on there. Well, this is an honest book. It it tells us of the capacity within a man's heart, as it were. Well, what was Hazard Hill's response to the man of God when he heard the shocking news about the capacity and the capability, the dark capacity that he had within his heart? What was his response Was his response like Manasseh's at the end of his life? Did he humble himself and repent, as it were, turn from from some shock of his own heart, knowing that this was the messenger of God, this was God's mouthpiece, this was was the words from God, the messenger of God. Did he humble himself, friends, at, at such shocking revelations? Well, the answer is no, he didn't, did he?
1: In fact, we are told in verse twelve that Hazaheel said, "But what
0: is thy servant a dog that he should do this great thing?" And we see the surprise here of Hazael. "But what is thy servant a dog that he should do this great thing?" In other words, am I capable of of treating my fellow man in such a way like an animal would? Like a filthy dog would without a conscience? such In such an unclean and filthy way of tearing and ripping like a dog? Would I dare do something this awful, as it were, such like a heartless beast, as it, as it were? Am I, I know, am I capable of such wickedness against my fellow man? And, well, Elijah said, didn't he, in response, the Lord has shown me that thou shalt be king over Syria. The Lord has showed me that thou shalt be king over Syria. You know, as soon as Hazaheel heard those words, it was as if instantly, instantly, he forgot about the bad news, the shocking bad news of his own heart, of the dark Depravity and capacity that his heart has. It was almost instant. He forgot, didn't he, of that bad news which the man of God, Elijah, revealed to him, of the capacity he had within him, within his own heart. And, and yet, very quickly, he embraced the good news, didn't he, of being promoted to king. And dear friends, isn't This is just like the heart of the natural man by nature. We want to hear the good news by nature, don't we? We want to hear of heaven. We want to hear of a Savior. But we don't want to hear of hell, do we? We don't want to hear that it's our sin. It's the sin of man that sends us to hell. It's our sin that separates us from hell. We don't want to hear the bad news, do we? And yes, we may not have the capacity that has a heel did, but the Bible is a very honest book about us, doesn't it? It tells how our hearts, the natural heart of man, is desperately wicked uh, by nature. It is deceitful; it deceives us, dear friends. Well, isn't this just like the natural man? We all know really what happened next, don't we, friends? In verse fourteen, we are told that he departed from Elijah, that is, has a and came to his master. His master was Benedad, king of Syria, who said unto him, So Benedad said unto healed. remember, the second in charge, he said unto him, He is keen to hear about this disease, if he's going to recover from this disease. And he says, What said Elijah to thee? And he answered, He told me that thou shouldest surely recover. So he says to Benedad the king, his master, You're gonna recover! You're on your way as a word, to recovery, to full health, as it were. And so he told them only half a truth, did he not? And isn't this just like the world, dear friends? They tell us half a truth, don't, don't they? They don't tell us the full truth
1: about our own hearts,
0: about our sin, dear friends. You're gonna recover. Your condition is not as bad as the Bible says it is, as it were. It's not as bad as those fundamentalist preachers say says it is. It's not that bad. You're going to recover, and that's the truth, isn't it? And we are told, aren't we, in verse fifteen? And it came to pass on the morrow that he took, that is, has a healed now, that he took a thick cloth and dipped it in water and spread it on his face. So that he died. That is, that is the, the king. Benadad, And Hazahel reigned in his stead. What is thy servant a dog? Am I like an animal? Do I have this capacity to do such wicked things? And almost immediately after. He forgets about the bad news of his heart. Embraces the promotion. As it were to king. And he acts like the very dog. He doesn't. He doesn't think he is. And dear friends, it's true to say, isn't it, that in our society nowadays, many people are acting without a conscience. They're being taught of evolution, being taught, I'm just from an animal. And so we have people acting like animals, as it were, away from God. That's, That's the man, man's natural heart by nature. You see, friends, the Bible is a very, very honest book. Indeed, it tells kings, and princes, it tells them of their hearts. It, it is a non-respecter of persons. It speaks of the truth of man's heart by nature, doesn't it? And like as a heel, the natural heart of man, dear friends, like I said, is desperately wicked. And who can know it? Well, we can't know our, our own hearts by nature. We always tend to think well of ourselves, don't we? Like as a heel did. We always tend to think the best of ourselves. God knows our hearts he knows what we're capable of. One does not understand. I don't understand. You don't understand. We don't understand, really, what our hearts are capable of. the sin that's, that we're capable of. What is thy servant a dog, says Hazael? Am I really like a dog? Can I
1: act in such a heartless manner to tear, to do these things? Well,
0: we know he did, didn't we? And like Hazel, he also displayed as a type of devil, as it were, as a type of Satan, he only told the king half the truth, didn't he? Yes, you're going to recover, surely. You're going to recover, as it were. That that is what our society tells us nowadays. You're going to recover. Your sin is not that bad. You're not going to die because of your sin. And you're not going to go to hell because of your sin. It's not that bad. Your sinful condition is not as bad as you think it is, dear friends. And this is what our society teaches nowadays. And compare this to our second reading in Matthew's Gospel of the woman of Canaan, which we read earlier in Matthew 15, who cried to the Lord in verse 22, saying, Have mercy on me,
1: O Lord, thou Son of David. My daughter is
0: grievously vexed. With the devil, have mercy on me. This, this lady, this Canaanite woman, she was estranged from the commonwealth of Israel, as it were. She was seen as an outcast, as it were. And yet, she cries, as it were, to Christ. She believes, indeed, that this was the prophesied Messiah, the Christ. And she cries, O thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And we are told, aren't we, dear friends, in verse 23, how the Lord answered her, not a word, not a word. Even Christ's disciples asked of the Lord to send her away. She's troubling us. And so how discouraging it must have been for this poor woman of Canaan, as it were, The Lord, to begin with, answered her not a word. And even the Lord's disciples um, asked, the Lord, send her away, she's troubling us. Well, how discouraging. This must have been, as it were. This bad news for this poor canaanite woman. But then we see, don't we, the Lord answered her and said in verse 24, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And again, what discouraging, these words, almost twice rejected, as it it were, twice put off this this bad news for her. And what was this Canaanite woman's response to the Lord's words, and to the disciples' words? Did she say, well, that's not fair, that's not fair, how can you show favour to them and not to me, as it were? Did she come to the Lord and reason to the Lord by her merits and say, will I go to church uh, once a week and I do these things in my life so I, I really, I, you should be looking upon me. Does she come and plead with her works, and with her merits? We don't see that at all here, we, friends. We are told in verse 25. Look what we're told in verse 25. She came and worshipped him, saying, "Lord, help me." She came and she worshipped him, saying, "Lord, help me." How peculiar! How how unusual! After this seemingly outward rejection, uh, 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 after the seemingly the silence, after the discouraging, as it were, she comes and she worships the Lord, as it were. And furthermore, the Lord, uh, furthermore, if that weren't enough, the Lord answers her again in verse 26. It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. To dogs. It's It's not fit for me to take what is meant for the children of God and to cast it to perhaps those who are dogs who have lived away from the God of Israel. Like a dog, in their sins, in their trespasses and sins. Not framing their life around God. It's it's not fit for me to give the precious pearls of life, as it were. It's not fit. And dear friends, how discouraging. This must have been. This bad news, as it were, over over, and over again. What was this Canaanitish woman's response was it one of anger, as it were, we see in our society, when we teach them the horrific nature of sin. You see, we've got to to understand the bad news, don't we? We've got to understand that we're lost before we're found, dear friends. Was was this lady lady full of anger and uh, resentment and bitterness to the Lord? Well, why, this is not fair. No, 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 not at all, dear friends her response was one full of belief in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Saviour. Her response was one of full of faith and of great humility towards the Lord, showing indeed the work of God in her heart, wasn't it? She said in verse 27, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. What words are those? Truth, Lord. She's been likened to a dog. But she says, truth, Lord. Yes, I can act like a dog. Yes, I can act without a conscience. Yes, in my life there have been times, perhaps many times, where I've lived away from you, myself. son. But now I truly believe that you are the Son of God. Truth, Lord, that the words that you speak are truth. I understand that I'm so unworthy of your grace. I'm so unworthy of your mercy. I'm so unworthy to know you, to to have any favour from you. Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Look at the humility here. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs. Which fall from the master's table? Just, just the crumbs. Just the crumbs of your mercy and grace. That, that's all I want, as it were. I know I'm so undeserving of your mercy. I know I'm so unworthy of your love. Just, just the crumbs. All that. That's all I need. It's just the crumbs, as it were. And friends, to the carnal mind, the Lord's words to this woman would seem very harsh. And perhaps these would seem hard sayings, as it were, but to us who are spiritual, who are in Christ, and who know of the Lord's uh, design to prove and to refine, as it were, to prove her faith that it was of God, this makes absolute sense, doesn't it? She genuinely, genuinely believed in Christ as the Lord. She genuinely believed that she was a hell-deserving sinner. That she she did not not deserve anything from God at all, dear friends. And that belief in Christ and that humility really moved her to cry for mercy and continued to persevere despite the bad news, despite over and over again as it were being rejected. As we're giving, giving this bad news back, as it were, she persevered until, until she heard those precious words of the Lord, dear friends, the good news, as it were, and hence the words of the Saviour in verse twenty-eight. O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. O woman, great is thy faith. You see, the Lord was showing us something here, wasn't he, dear friends? He was showing us that we must receive the bad news about our condition, about our sin. He proves, if we're truly trusting wholly upon him, or whether our confidence is in the flesh, as it were. Dear church family, in light of these passages of scripture, in which we read earlier, and of course many other others, the wise words of King Solomon in Proverbs 1533 really come home to force with force, don't they? Before honour is humility. Before honour is humility. Before the crown, the cross. We must go to the cross as it were. We must, dear friends. You see the problem with much of the Christianity nowadays is what's the good news, but not the bad news about our sinful condition, doesn't it? And no one was ever found who was not the first lost, dear friends. And perhaps that's the reason why that a searching ministry that we have at this church is disliked by so many around us, even many professing Christians, because people don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about their sin. And it's, it's a sad fact, friends, isn't it? You see, friends, despite what mainstream Christianity will tell us in the UK and the West, there is a cost for becoming a true born-again believer, a disciple of Christ. And that cost is no less than a life for a life. It must be a life. Christ's holy life for our wretched, held over lives. That's what our lives deserve. We're not worthy of God. We're not worthy of knowing Him. We're not worthy of heaven. It must be a life for a life, and no less. It is not just part of our lives that Christ wants. It's not just part of our hearts that Christ wants. He wants it all, doesn't He? He will not compete with His creation. He wants it all. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Different. And that means we must understand our own hearts. The Bible teaches us these great truths. Calvin indeed said, really, that the Bible teaches us two fundamental truths about ourselves. It tells us of our own hearts, what they are by nature. To be a student of your own hearts. And of course, when we understand our hearts, how depraved they are, totally depraved they are, not discounting, of course, that we are made in the image of God, We are capable of doing good things, of course we are, but really when we become a student of our hearts and understand the darkness within them, that we are lost, as it were, that we are guilty sinners in need of a great saviour. Well, friends, uh, this is what we need. We're told, aren't we, in Acts 14.22, that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. We must. this, This is a fact this is not saying that we, we, we perhaps can. We must, through must-tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And according to 1 Corinthians 4.10, we'll often be seen as fools for Christ, won't we? The words which we say and the way in which we live our lives, to many, will be an absolute offence in our days, if we're truly Christians, dear friends. And it's not that we want to be an offence, of course we don't. But of course, the more the Word of God dwells richly in our hearts, and we love Him and we live for Him, and we don't really want to live like the world link, dear friends, the more we're hated by our society. That we do not run to the same excesses as they do. And this is the only truth of every true sanctified believer. In Christ, it is true of the way of salvation. Many people want to be saved not God's way, according to the Bible, but man's way. This cherry picking way of salvation, which is not true biblical salvation. The problem with much of the Christianity of our days is that people do not want to hear about the bad news first. And that is that our sin, each and every one of us, our sin separates us from a holy God. That is why we die. That is is the the reason behind the suffering that goes on in the world. That's behind what Putin is doing and and the the, the, the destruction in Ukraine. It's because of our sin. That's why we see sorrow and suffering in the the world. Our sin, if not dealt with, dear friends, will lead to our eternal ruin. Our sin is that bad. It is that bad. That it took the Saviour, God, to come down and to live the perfect life that we could never live a perfect life of righteousness, and yet to live a, a life of suffering for us, and to die on that cruel cross of Calvary, and take upon the full weight of our sin, and be punished for our sin, to be made sin, who knew no sin. It took God Himself, dear friends, to do that. For wretched sinners, that we might be made the righteousness of God. That's how bad our sin is. Do we treat it as such? Has sin become exceedingly sinful to you and I? It must. It must, friends. We see it, don't we, here? heel didn't see it, did he? He did not see it, dear friends. Do you see it? Do you see your sin? Or do you like to flatter yourself? Well, I've been a Christian for many years well, I've got all these academics, I've got all this head knowledge. Does it matter? Do you see your heart? Do you understand the depravity in your heart? Do you understand the capacity, the capability you have in your heart? Do I? And how much you need the Lord, how much you need His salvation, how much you need to depend upon the Lord every day and upon His words of life. Do you utterly depend upon the Lord, friends? Our sin, dear friends, is not only behind man's natural enmity towards God, it's, it's behind the enmity we have towards each other. But we see this, don't we? The more our society drifts away from the scriptures and the word of God, we see that. Especially perhaps you, you who are in your senior, senior years, you'll see perhaps how people are treating each other. And, and from what, what they used to perhaps in the, the 50s or 60s. How people started to treat each other now in our society. Oh, we've become so enlightened, haven't we? We're so enlightened. But we're not really, are we? We may be flying high with technology and all these things, dear friends, but deep down, we? we're a morally bankrupt country, aren't we? We are. And, and there's only true Christians that can see this, really. Or well, we might have all the, 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 the flatitudes in our culture, flattered one another. Backward. We're bankrupt, friends, morally speaking. Unless we see our sin for what it is, how can we truly know of the good news of the gospel? And sometimes, in terms of true salvation, those two truths almost come simultaneously into the heart. When God visits a poor, wretched sinner, like he did this poor, poor woman here, this Canaanite woman, it almost happens at once. The Lord shows that the heart and a good thing he doesn't show all the hearts. i have you know. The Lord doesn't show all the sin within the heart. That would be too much. That would flatten us, friends, if the Lord were to do that. But he shows an element of what we're like by nature. The darkness, the sin within the heart and the mind. The depravity. And then in his grace and his mercy he shows us the saviour, doesn't he? Unless we see our sin for what it is, how can we know the good news that is in Christ? Friends, we must understand that before we're found, we are lost, as it were. Christ himself said, didn't he, in Luke 5.31, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. They that are whole. They that think that they are right with God by by their outward formalities in their Christian life. They don't that they don't need me. They think that they can get to heaven and get right with God by their formalities. They don't... It's, it's not... It's, it's, they that are whole need not a position, but they that are sick. They that are sick, understand that understand their sin is a great disease. It's, it's their greatest enemy. Because their sin is going to lead them to hell. It's ruined their relationship with the Lord. It separates them from a the Holy God. This is all of us. Has there been a time Friends, in my life and in your life, where you've seen this, where the light of the gospel is so shone in your heart, the Lord Jesus and his love is so shone in your heart, that when He shone, and, and, and the, the love and mercy that he's displayed for sinners on the cross, he's so shone that love, that when he shines it, it shows the filth upon you, upon your heart. You see the dirt, as it, as it were. You see the, the wickedness in your heart. And you cry like the publican, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm in, I need, I'm in great need of mercy. I cannot get right with God. Because my heart, my mind, my hands, every part of me is crooked. It's not, it's not that every part of me hasn't done good, of course. But every part of me has been stained with sin, it's been made crooked. And only Christ can make that crooked, he can make straight the game. Oh friends, the more God draws men and women and children to the light of the world, Christ, the more the light reveals our darkness and our sin. Before honour is humility. Before honour is humility. Before we're made whole again in Christ, we must understand that we're safe. Else said, We have spiritual leprosy. It's tainted and catch upon every part of our lives. Before we're made anew in Christ, as new vessels, as it were, in Christ to be used for heavenly purposes, we must understand that we're broken vessels. We cannot hold the Spirit of God unless Christ makes us afresh, anew. Before we're cleaned with Christ's precious blood, there is life in the blood we must understand that we're dirty, that we have Adam's tainted blood within us. Before we are declared righteous with Christ's imputed righteousness, we must understand that we are guilty, undeserving of God's grace and his mercy and of heaven. Christ did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, those who acknowledge that they're sinners and in every way they've fallen short of the glory of God, that their own righteousness has as filthy rags. Have, have we come in this way, friends? Well, the wise words of Solomon, King Solomon, says in Ecclesiastes 9, 4, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For a living dog is better than a, a, a dead lion. And oh, that we can be so proud, can't we? Like a lion. Oh I'm the alpha man, as it were. I am this I I am need to be respected and all these things. We can be so proud, the pride of life, friends. Oh that the word of God and the spirit of God will humble us like this Canaanitish woman. Oh but the crumbs. I'm so undeserving of your love and mercy. But the crumbs I, 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 I admit I'm not, not worthy of your love, of your dying love and your passion. But, but, but oh, I'm at your mercy. I'm at your mercy. I believe in who you are and I trust in you and I'm at your mercy. And this is what we see, don't we, friends? This world will not tell you the truth about your own heart, dear friends. It will not. And our own hearts will not tell us the truth about our own hearts. It will say that your condition is not as bad as it is. You will surely recover. You're going to recover. You're going to get up and go again. And reach the stars, as it were. This world will not be honest to you. And deep down, really, dear friends, we know this to be true, don't we? We know. We know in each and every heart. In our hearts, we know this, this not to be true. Because without Christ in our hearts, dear friends, that emptiness in our, in our souls... And that void within our souls can never truly be fulfilled with the temporary things of this life, and that's what we try to do. We try to fill an eternal
1: soul with temporary worldly things, don't we?
0: And we're made for God, and we try to, we try to recover, as it were. And that's why we see so much sadness in our society, don't we? Only Christ can satisfy the longing soul. Truly, those are blessed indeed, who are poor in spirit, who mourn over their sin like this poor Canaaniteish woman did, with true repentance, who see Christ as their only help in life. Christ is my only way out, as it were. They such will be comforted, dear friends. Such will be comforted. 1 Peter 5:6 says. Upon yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Oh, that we may say with John the Baptist, he, may, he must increase, but I must decrease. Before honor is humility, friends. Jeremiah 9:23 and 24 says: Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Where is the wise man of old? Where is the with the pleasure seeker of old? Where is the, 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 the professing Christian that put their trust in formalities? Where are they? Before honour is humility. Before the crown, the cross. Before we receive the good news, we must understand the bad news of our sin. Before the smile of God, the crown of God. And to conclude with a benediction, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us, unto him be glory in the church, by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen.